Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Miles, we are very fortunate to be joined in our third seat by one of our favorite TDZ guests, a very funny comedian from Good Mythical Morning and the Star Wars show. Uh, He's the co-creator of Newsbroke and the host of the podcast Frotcast and Pod Yourself a Gun, Mm. which Miles and I have both been on. He is Mr. Matt Lieb! Matthew Lieb, done dirt cheap. (laughs) (laughs) what's up guys i was trying to do a song too i like that no (laughs) and i you know i had to do my full name in order to get all the syllables right but uh i think it worked out and if if you're if you're vaccinated and you're i'm sorry i was just gonna make a really tasteless cum joke do it matthew lieb and his cums dirt cheap uh, because (laughs) anti-vaxxers believe that their semen is the new gold so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) matthew lieb and he licks both cheeks see there's a bunch of stuff (laughs) you could do i love this matthew lieb check out his wiki feet (laughs) (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude my girlfriend sla- i mean my fiance yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa. come on bro easy there update it she's on wikifeet and there's a picture of her and i together in which she is on wikifeet but i am not on wikifeet even though my feet are next to her on wikifeet and Aww. i feel i don't know like i'm just not wikifeet famous yet yeah and yeah. Right. uh i hope to get there today after this podcast wait the picture has you as with open toe like your your feet are exposed. We're both wearing sandals. We're like at, at wow. the beach or something. Damn, okay. you wearing the, sandals in public? I mean, it's <laughs> man, that's feminine, bro. That's feminine, like sandals. Feminine, as, like sandals. As the Jizza told me from a young age, and that's a minimum. Yeah. And feminine, like sandals. I fucking, oh, no. I had a whole thing about not wearing sandals for a minute, and then because I of that feet. specifically. I just heard the Jizz. I mean, Jizz is yeah. a genius, and despite of his, despite his regressive toxic masculinity, I was sure, like, oh, sure, sure. Maybe this sandals are feminine, bro. I mean, they are thong sandals, so I kind of see where Ow. he's coming from. You know yeah. what I mean? So, <laughs> or you do Ow. the, which is funny because at a certain age, like a lot of old black men, they rock the same kind of leather strapped covered yeah. toe sandal, which is very ironic to me. Like it's like a certain age where like my grandfather started wearing them, then I saw like my uncle start wearing them. My dad mm-hmm. hasn't quite got there yet, but the, every, people know if you know that that strappy leather sandal that the the older black men in the community rock. But it covers <laughs> the toes. They stay modest with it. Yeah. Is that it, what you're it's, saying? It's a bit of a, yeah, it has like, even though there's some, you know, the air can get through, the toes are right. covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Keep that, you know, you need that space between you and God. Like only God can know what your disgusting <laughs> toes look like. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't like people looking at my toes. I don't oh want them God. to look at my toes. But if I were famous enough and people happen to look at my toes on the internet i'd be like oh shoot that's yeah. too bad and then move on with my life that's me in a panic if i don't cut my toenails like i get that like i'm like oh, oh. Shit, i gotta cut my toenails and then you oh. go out to do a thing and you got sandals on you're like fuck i'm yeah. like trying to curl yeah. my toes underneath yeah. my feet <laughs> <I> <laughs> toes. Shit. i'm always doing that because my toes are so long like i i know my toes are too long because like my both of my kids, when they have gotten to the age of being able to like talk and notice weird things, have commented on my feet like without any prompting. How, Wait, you're how still long like, are we talking here? Yeah, what? 
Oh, I got real long toes, bro. We got like like a bear's claw, like you know, like where you're it has a marsupial. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty long. I can. Okay. Nice. We'll bring yeah. them out for the live show. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> seriously, yeah, yeah. you and, can make some good money bringing that out uh, for the live show. Yeah, yeah. It's probably someone's fetish, right? Like, doesn't it all get for started sure. when you're like a kid? Anything and you're is just anything. around. Anything is yeah. Anything. Anything somebody, can make me horny. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> just watch. Just watch. That is my promise to you uh, on this show. Well, Zeitgang, get Matt's feet up on WikiFeet so Mm, there's some balance to the relationship. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First, Francesca, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? I was just looking because I just, I use DuckDuckGo. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not paying me, but they should. DuckDuckGo (laughs) is a much better search engine than Google. Yeah. And you can rely on this like cute little cartoon duck to not, you know, steal all of your information. Nice. So I just this morning, they have a great app and you can like erase your entire history and like flames go through your phone and just like, and it was amazing. (laughs) Oh, like you're setting a spider web on fire. It's like, I've never done that, but now I want to immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I was an (laughs) asshole with WD-40 and 14 at one point. Wow. I didn't realize that was a thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. You spray a spider web with WD-40. No, no, no. I was just flamethrowing. I was flamethrowing with the, the WD-40. And then you accidentally caught a spider web. And I hit the spider web, and then, look, the way the spider web went up, I was like, oh, shit. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then my mom was like, what the fuck did I say about playing with fire? I'm like, nothing. Okay, <laughs> you didn't say anything. Idiot. She's like, what? I'm like, nothing. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so scared of you. What? So, Duck so Duck will, up. like, just flame your phone up? Just make, make Flame your... my phone up so I don't really have anything there. But I was looking, okay, so I'm engaged. Uh, I believe you're having my betrothed on very soon. And, uh, you know, Matt and I are, I'm going to get real. We're we're very good friends, you know? Mm -hmm. We're like, we're the like, I'm not only marrying someone I love, but my best friend. Like, we're best friends kind of thing. Yeah, if he threw a party and invited everyone he knew, you would, he would see the biggest gift would be from you, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably that, get that. Did you read that in a fortune cookie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's from the... You read uh, that on a throw pillow or some shit? That's from the uh, Golden Girls theme song. <gasps> wow. I, I take everything I just said back. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are best friends and you and you finish each other's sentences. You're so yeah, in yeah, step yeah. with each other. But, but I am like, you know, I've always thought that it's like, yeah, but you need more than just being your best friend. So obviously, you know, you, I'm like, Googling, like, should you marry your best friend articles, you know, (laughs) straight. And, you know, look, the answers are bad. All the articles I'm reading. I mean, they're good, but they're also bad. But but I remember years ago because I also been divorced like I am divorced. Years ago, there was a great article from some dude who was clearly if I met him, I'd hate him. But he was like, um, I asked all of my wedding guests to tell me what the secret to their marriage was you know and he like pulled them and blah, blah blah and it was it was actually really interesting it was like a lot about like mutual respect like mutual respect is that thing that you really need mm-hmm. and and then i think like you know so that comes obviously from like being friends whatever anyway i'm fishing for i can't find the same article so i'm fishing for like reinforcement that that yes you should marry your best friend type thing mm. but if enough brides are blubbering about it on their wedding day then I feel like that's a good sign. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I think the only 
one I, I don't even think it's a red flag it's just a it's a gray flag was mm-hmm. obviously the faux pas the flub with the ring selection you know Me, but I, yeah. even that big... that feels like you're able to overcome that so you know I y'all, mean, can, y'all can do it yeah how did the you ring haven't go? seen have us have... behind the you know the new <laughs> one's on its way okay so we it's did being... we did remedy that it's being mined by uh, white chicks who went to Sarah Lawrence. It had to make its trip <laughs> all the way from that <laughs> that uh, mine over there. And mm-hmm. it's a very particular, it's, it's a sort of like uh, reparations for rocks. You know, it's, it's, it's a white slavery line. And anyway, they're, they're working on it. And I'm excited for when it arrives. So yeah, we're going to remedy that. But yeah, you know, I'm, get, I'm doing the like the pre, the like engaged jitters of like, what sure. are the things, what are our... What are our problem areas that mm. we're going to just sort of highlight to like, you know, if this is for realsies, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like y'all, if, if you're together that long and you already have that friendship, that's like the hardest shit. It's like people who never think about it and then get married to the people who have problems. That's true. And, and you both, I think, have, you know, understand each other's careers and what you do and what you're passionate about and you're willing to support each other. And that's really what it takes, you know, versus sure. someone who's going to be like, I told you doing all that ha ha shit wasn't going to pay off <laughs> and like harbor that kind of shit the whole time. Yeah, that's not going to fucking work. That's hilarious. You know? Let me put that in your little stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is such a, that's what, I've had exes say that to me. Like, I thought yeah, if no, you like real. wanted to do comedy, like you probably would have done it by now. Like, oh, Woo! thanks, buddy. Yeah. 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 No, I know. Yeah. And it's tough being a creative person and being with someone who's like like an accountant, you know, who's like yeah. had their path like nailed on from college versus other people who roll in that dice to express themselves a little bit or just any field that might not be as like consistent. And yeah. to be in a relationship with someone like that, it takes understanding and respect for them to be like, that's what my partner needs to feel happy. And I want to support that because my goal is to have a happy partner. I mm. mean, we're going to get into a story that is going to make me rethink whether or not I should have just married for money later <laughs> in this episode, though. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like if neither of us makes it in five to seven years. Yeah. Uh, we might just murder each other or like, <laughs> do some like joint, you know, murder some. Yeah. 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 You know, at the same just time. Like natural born killers. You guys go on a romantic oh. killing spree. Of yeah. Some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That very romantic. Fun. Anyway, that's TMI up top. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. asked. Or just do some comedy sets on a COVID cruise ship or something. <laughs> like, Fuck it. Let's just go out like this. What is something you think is overrated? I wanted to ask how many times have people said Marvel? on this show in the overrated slot. Mm, not uh, often. Are people yeah, still into it? Because I've no, been... Not s- that, yeah, I think it's just, it's it's not like a constant thing. I think more than like overrated, sometimes you're just like, I don't, I don't know it. I don't, there's another thing. Oh, I see. There's so I, Having been steeped for work in pop culture like my entire life, I mm-hmm. just want us to find a new toy. So I'm, gonna give the slot to marvel fatigue because uh mm. honestly i feel such strong marvel fatigue that i had assumed it had come up on the show many many times by now but i guess people are just dumb and wrong well well i think the difference is jack and i are a unique blend of out of touch with the mcu <laughs> so we don't experience right. the fatigue because we already i would i already experienced fatigue when like a ninth thor film came out like in uh, yeah two days, when and she I, was like, I don't i can't and also, the like ninth my one pace, was where it got good, bro. <laughs> my pace at watching films too is like super slow. Like I'm a turtle when it comes to watching new movies. So like I don't also have the same like media intake, you know, pace that a lot of other people do. So that's why my I'm appetite not. for Marvel 
stops at movies. And even then, I am treating Avengers Endgame like it's a Russian novel. I, I'm halfway through it and oh, haven't wow. like, yeah, I just like stopped because I couldn't. It was just too dense for you. <laughs> too dense, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I just didn't didn't have the time. So my my like uh, Disney Plus is halfway through on Marvel Endgame. Oh, so it's like, but I think a, I have an idea of what happens. Treating it like uh, Infinity Stones, just essentially. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice. Hey, yeah, right. it's uh, yeah. it's twofold because I'm not just sick of the formula, but I am sick of the formula. But it's also like. Uh, working in the d- industry, it's a weird black hole that sucks up every like young independent director who has a very unique voice and just turns them into like, hey, we'll give you a Marvel thing or we'll give you a Jurassic World. And right. uh, I'm sick of it. It's overrated. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Yeah. The school to Marvel pipeline needs to be dismantled. Right. Or the sunset or the Sundance. <laughs> the USC Darling. to Marvel pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Chapman yeah, Sundance Film Indie School. <laughs> yeah. Marvel uh, pipeline. But you so for you, it's more just like you've gotten your fill and now you're just like, I would like something different now. Like you, you for you, you just feel like it's worn thin and now you but you do have the appetite for something. It's just something different. I have an, a limitless. That's why the only reason I think it's okay for me to knock it is I'm their person. Like, I have a limitless appetite for wacky, right. colorful, imaginative. We're going to go into space and punch this purple guy. Like, I'm on yes, board. Yes. yes. <laughs> but every uh, everyone just feels like it's made from the pieces of the previous one in the way where, I mean, you can get into how these movies are made. They do previs on, like, the major effects shots years before they bring the writers on. So the mm. writers are, like, stringing together. They're like, well, we know a giant thing has to fall out of the sky, and we know she has to parachute in Act 3, and then they'll write Black Widow around it. And I just, it's oh, not... Oh, interesting. Oh, well. It's only a good system that. for getting one kind of movie, and I think we're seeing that. So right. you've watched them all, because that has been... I do watch uh, them all for work. Okay. Yes, indeed. Okay. And what did you watch uh, Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad, the new one? The new one, yeah. The right. Suicide Squad. I don't mean to be pedantic, yeah. Yeah, this is where I'm, man, so I'm going to get a lot of flack for, if we're really going deep on overrated, all the movies everyone likes right now are overrated. The Suicide <laughs> okay. Squad sucked. The Green Knight sucked. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Oh, really? All, I thought every this was highly anticipated. Ev- Every movie everyone likes is is bad. And you're all, you all just have, your taste is blunted from the pandemic, is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. okay. Movies are underperforming. I, TV is overperforming right now. Just go watch yeah. a series. Because now, like, what is it? What is that one? Nine Total Strangers or nine, the Nicole Kidman Hulu thing? I don't even know it, but it's great. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Every, they everyone, it, every show I hear about, they're like, Mayor of Easttown. I'm like, I never heard of it. Sounds phenomenal. Right. Yeah. It's like, Nine Perfect Strangers is, like they said, was doing better numbers than uh, The Handmaid's Tale for Hulu. Oh, boy. Wow. People like people were like this just terrible timing because White Lotus came out and it's like a similar ish vibe in that like people are in paradise and weird things are happening. But it could also just be one of those things where it's like White Lotus got people in the mood to just continue to binge on this shit. So, you know, a less talent in a tropical environment being trippy. Do you so you are into TV? What's a TV show you're into? Patriots, the last TV show I love, but that's like 12 years old now, so I got to stop saying that. On Prime? Yeah, I'm rewatching rewatching Sopranos, uh, you know, the classics. I feel like I've officially left pop culture's key demographic, and I went out with shit like Deadwood, The Wire, Patriot was on the tail end. Nothing's really wowed me 
This is another one I'll tell you is way overrated. Queen's Gambit sucks. <laughs> I think all <laughs> these things suck. Or it's me and I'm wrong and I'm just becoming the guy who's like, culture stopped for me in 20, 2015 and that's right. it. No good albums after that. Yeah, there's yeah. still a ton of stuff I'm excited for. Like Last Night in Soho, the new Edgar Wright. I mean, I expect to blow me away. And uh, I'll say in the world of video games, I'm much more excited. There's a bunch of cool stuff happening over on that side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tiger King was definitely one of those things that when you look back on it, didn't really make sense how obsessed everyone was about it. And I think Queen's Gambit, just anything that's king or queen related in title, that that was like a hack they figured out somehow. We were all just super into it. Right. Atlanta comes to mind as like an all time great show that's not. Too recent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? Okay. So the crate challenge has been making me think about the fact that that Black Americans as culture makers are incredibly underrated. Because <laughs> I started thinking about you know like like fifteen years ago, maybe even twenty years ago, there was this whole thing at the end of the year that people would make these blog posts and or or like whatever they post something up and they're like these are all the words we're canceling this year and it was all like terms that black americans had come up with to use in like certain situations uh that white people then took and would like incorrectly apply (laughs) right but it was like every single year it's like here's the things we're canceling and it was always because black people are always the ones making culture here not exclusively but constantly Mm -hmm. and so the uh yeah well our little crate challenge business was like Somebody was like, what is this? Do I need to follow this? And I'm like, it's just black TikTok and Twitter making culture again. Right. And then turning into just punish fest. (laughs) (laughs) The most brutal ones I see are when people fucking kick the crates out from under people. And I'm like, half of this is a challenge and half of this seems like a setup to go fuck with somebody you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, shout out to the listener that sent me the one, uh, the, the person completing the challenge in heels. Damn. Very impressive. We love Very to see impressive. it. I liked, I liked, I liked the one that was in the prison yard. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. That with was the white so guy. good. It was so good yeah, with the and then you're like, damn, everybody got fucking everybody phones has in there. Smartphones huh? in prison. Yeah, and because the first I was like, oh, they're doing it in jail, and then I'm like, wait, wait. someone has a phone. No, wait, no, multiple. Everybody people. else has a phone. Right. Yeah, there's multiple angles of coverage uh, in the yard, but you know, everyone's surviving. You know what? Are I'm they? okay with it. Is everybody what? surviving the milk crate challenge? Because mm-hmm. it, it looks, well, look, some of the injuries look like deadly. Oh, like there some are the some, phones. again, that, I, like I said, the you don't, you don't want to cast your eyes upon it if you've ever even tweaked your back, like showering. Because right. like half of them I watch, I go, oh, he's done. That back, oh, oh, oh nope, not like that. Yeah. Or whenever I watch him, I imagine my rigid body <laughs> falling from those heights. And I'm like, I was shattered to a million pieces. Yeah. And I have to look away. Yeah. It does seem like a way to thin out the uncoordinated and like people who are desperate for social approval. Could you imagine of, a like a first date where you're like, "Look, I'm before I consider you, I need to see you do the crate challenge." Right. <laughs> I have to just to know if you're fit. If yeah, you if you're fit as a man. Can I show um, you a video of me doing it? Do I have to do it right now, like in front of you? Like, what is? <laughs> I mean, like... look, it doesn't have to be in front of me. Like, it can be a video. I'm not asking okay. for okay, perform cool. for me, but at some point, I do need to see some you kind of just, video yeah. evidence. You know? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that the people who succeed at it make it look so easy, yeah, and seamless. That that's what I'm saying. Like. It's underrated how much core strength 
oh, and yeah. leg strength you need to do that shit. Because again, you see people do it calmly. You don't realize how strong their legs and core are to yeah. not start shaking. Because right. uh-huh. like half of them are like, I will be fixed at a low angle and support my body weight as I ascend and descend. Oof. Oof. Yeah. It's like freestyle rapping. It looks easy. So you try. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to go try the milk crate challenge and we'll be right back. And we're back. And yeah, let's talk Mike Richards real quick. Uh, We talked on Friday's episode about all the reasons that his being appointed the the host of Jeopardy to replace Alex Trebek just didn't make any sense uh, or made a lot of sense when you realized he was in control of everything Everything. (laughs) and was just forcing his way onto being the, the host in a way that was like embarrassing. For like should have been embarrassing when he first raised it, but was just a great testament to the way bad decisions get made in corporate America, where like the powerful guy who runs the thing, people are just like, yeah, boss, great idea. (laughs) And uh, it goes all the way until he announces, hey, guys, guess what? This great idea everybody's on board with. I'm going to be the host. Oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, it seemed like everyone, once people found out, like, you know, the behind the scenes is how transparently just corrupt and like the rat fucking that it took to make him the host. Plus all of the allegations from his past gigs, plus the comments he was making on his podcast finally got to a point where he's like, all right, yep. uh, I guess this is bad. Now (laughs) I resign with immediate effect and I will no longer be the host of jeopardy. I just want to read his fucking like part of his statement though, because it's so Whatever. Quote, I was deeply honored to be asked <laughs> to host wow. this Enough. syndicated show. <laughs> My man. Is you this were not into the asked. mirror? Like, yeah, right. Thank you. Kind and sir. was thrilled by the opportunity to expand my role. However, over the last several days, it has become clear that moving forward as host would be too much of a distraction for our fans and not the right move for the show. How about hmm. it's clear now over the last several days that I'm a total piece of shit who doesn't deserve to rat fuck my way onto Jeopardy as the host. Yeah. That much has been clear. Thank you so much. I'm out. That's I feel a lot of ways about this, you know, because one of the hilarious things, let's just let's just talk about exactly what he did. He like in in terms of the test audience that was supposed to judge which guest host they liked best for Jeopardy. He like right. put himself on all of those. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, did you like me in the blue shirt or did you like me in the gray? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then withheld LeVar Burton, the one who like everybody wanted for the very end and only gave him a single week. And yeah, it was, yeah. Just did not give anybody else a good chance. But it's a little bit revealing as to, like, how and why people lose these kinds of jobs. Because, of course, there's the, like, he's been canceled for his comments. And I got to say, some of his comments are, like, exactly what I would expect from a game show host executive. (laughs) Like, oh, you're misogynist towards women. You want the models to wear bikinis, game show host, executive, right or wrong, that's what I expect. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't change that culture. We should. It's just, you know, we're talking about it's hard sort of for one the of, course. Yeah, the last vestige of like the the most mainstream, the most, you know, just like Benny Hill programming that we've got, which are game shows. Jeopardy excluded, very, very different. Yeah. 
But then you realize that, and I think it's just gross the way that, yeah, he did rat fuck his way into power. And that seems more egregious to me than the misogyny. Although, of course, in terms of the workplace, like treating a pregnant woman, you know, being like, I should have fired you. Obviously, that's like, you know, and I believe there is a lawsuit for that. That's just straight up illegal whatever. Discrimination. Exactly. Exactly. Workplace discrimination. But there's something so obnoxious also because I I've done I've worked in this area, but on like such a minor, like, you know, Internet level of Mm -hmm. like. As a host, I've been hired as host pretty much all the time, host and producer. And then you work with a producer who's like secretly really gunning for your job. (laughs) Right, right, right. You know, who's like, oh, but I think I should host this because, you know, and you're just like, no, because that's how I would have done it. Yeah. Like, giving those aggressive notes on your delivery. It's like, excuse you. Can I give you a read? Can I give you a read real quick? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't give me a read. I'll bite your head off personally. But, but he, it's so common, you know, and I'm always like, if you want to be a host, that's totally go- all good. Then you probably shouldn't be the executive producer on this. Just right. like take a year, whatever, be honest about it. Say, you know what? I really want to be a host. I'm going right. to do this, you know, and that'd be a more fair way. No one's saying a producer can't then be a host. I think that's good. But it's like there's a more fair way to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Than just like in Spanish, like serruchando el piso, they say. They're just like, you're like in a movie like cutting the floorboard out from underneath somebody like <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and they'd be like whoa that's weird he disappeared anyway i'm here now to fill that right. role <laughs> let's move forward yeah like did he give trebek cancer can't we not <laughs> right. prove that right find the way for that report yeah it is frustrating to me that this is being pitched in the mainstream as like in the mainstream account of this as like getting canceled for a thing he said on podcast and it's like that's the least egregious yeah that you could possibly take away from that but you know people people want to believe that we're in a uh, runaway cancel culture and so yeah that that helps with that story thank god he's gone yeah (laughs) but he's still the executive producer yeah still the ep though still getting that showrunner money though he's all good he's like fine i guess we can get lavar back (laughs) although i wish they did that and then lavar can be like look at you Look at you, huh? <laughs> Look at your ass. No, thanks. Anyway, I'm the new host of Jeopardy, LeVar Burton, folks. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some reports that, that are coming in about how the federal government and just law enforcement responded to the Black Lives Matter protests last year and protests about over-policing. It seems like they weren't overly permissive. I, I guess would be one way. I mean, yeah, this report really it's it's not shocking when you just know, again, when the people, the reason people were in the streets are like, yeah, we have a system of law enforcement that's just built on, a, you know, just racism and white supremacy. And so because of that, it has no other option but to operate in service of white supremacy. So this report is sort of like shockingly during the uprisings over the white supremacist slant and focus of law enforcement. We saw that come to light, essentially. And the, this is a report that was shared with first the Associated Press with the Movement for Black Lives. And it's essentially saying like, hey, look, as the uh, as the uprisings grew larger and part- public participation grew larger, so did the policing and the feds showed up in increased numbers and began handing out heavy handed prosecutions to disrupt and, you know, and also they were surveilling certain members of, of, of like certain activists and things like that. And they're like, yeah, it's very 
COINTELPROE, if you know what I mean. Right. And in this, like, as this group shows, what they're saying is like, look, we also found that in about 93% of the cases that were brought uh, by federal prosecutors against pro- protesters, there were state level charges that would have been t- completely appropriate and less severe. But they're juxtaposing that also with knowing that there were just top down orders from Trump and Bill Barr to go fucking after people in a much different way, as opposed to let, you know, juxtapose that with the covid shutdown protests where, you know, you saw some white people bringing fucking guns to state houses Hmm. and shit was all good. And so in this sort of body of the report, they say, well, we want to really show how the U.S. government has continued to persecute the black movement by surveillance, by criminalizing protests and by using the criminal legal system to prevent people from protesting and punishing them for being engaged in protests by attempting to curtail their First Amendment rights. It is undeniable that racism plays a role. It is structurally built into the fabric of this country and its institutions, which is why it's been so difficult to eradicate. It's based on institutions that were designed around racism and around the devaluing of black people and the devaluing of black lives. Mm. So now they're calling for amnesty for these protesters, as well as like, you know, to get behind policing bills that are actually going to take funding from police and actually put them into communities, especially black communities to make them safer. So, yeah, it's like not surprising. But when you again, you look through and you're like, oh, right. Hmm. Yeah. They they had orders to go harder on these protesters. And that completely makes sense. Yeah. No, of course. And I'm just happy that the movement for black lives did this research and also that it got picked up by news outlets because that can often fly under the radar or they're like, no, no, that's not real stats. It's like, no, no, no. These are grassroots organizations that actually have more connections with people facing these charges. And yeah, that's why January 6th, you know, hit different. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like everybody like in the in the wake of all this, not just that we were seeing, yeah, like you're mentioning the anti-lockdown protests juxtaposed with BLM protests and the vastly different police turnout. Then you had January 6th and you're like, yeah, anyone who ever talks about BLM ever again. I mean, that was BLM, though, on January 6th. Yeah, that was those were black people in white face looking like old boomers beating the shit out of people with crutches. It's like and again, the amount of brain twisting that goes on, even when you can you just look compare the two. You know, it's like, let's pepper ball people who are like on the side of a road protesting versus like taking selfies with people that broke into the fucking Capitol. Like, yeah. come on now. Come on. Not, not to mention all the ways that BLM demonstrators have also been victimized by white nationalist organizations and white mm-hmm. nationalists themselves from, you know, Heather Heyer being killed. But multiple people have been run into and over right. by by cars. So, you know who the police is protecting, what kind of speech they're protecting in moments like that is really significant, whether they're protecting people's right to exercise their First Amendment or are they allowing cars to plow into peaceful demonstrators? Yeah. The other thing I was just going to say, and we sort of forget this, but we're coming up on 10 years since the Occupy Wall Street movement. And it's hard to remember how that movement like stopped. And it did stop because of a whole lot of COINTELPRO and police violence. It was because it was very much an Occupy, we're going to sit down, like Mm -hmm. not as much of a march movement, like obviously not nearly as many, you know, black activists involved. The tactics were different, but there was massive amounts of undercovers who were filtering, uh, infiltrating the Occupy Wall Street movement to take it down from the inside. 
also then like just cordoning off where plazas, city halls, anywhere where Occupy Wall Street was occupying was fence put up. It was like, you know, they were trying Mm -hmm. to evict a homeless encampment or something like this. So kind of remembering all the ways that no matter when social movements really pop off, left, right, Democrat, Republican, the first order of business is stop them. Just stop them. And obviously, sadly, we don't take that, you know, white nationalists or anyone who's fully armed with an AR-15 who's got a plot to like, you know, kidnap the uh, a governor. We don't take them nearly as seriously. Yeah, right. The white nationalists blew up a state building in Oklahoma City and we didn't go to war on white nationalism for 20 years the way we did after September 11th. It, It was just a thing that people kind of. Oh, uh, we got we got the guy and we moved forward and it was just a lone lone wolf. We're, we're well, much yeah, you, happier with lone wolf. You sell more you sell more bombs if the field of battle is in another place in a yeah. far off country. So there's right. more money to be made. I mean, they could drop bombs in the U.S., but that only happened in Philadelphia yeah, in 1985 when they yeah. dropped it on black activists because of the move. Anyway, but again, history is something is really yeah. something, and there's no there's you know like we keep there's repeating the same really. shit over and over and over. And that's what's so frustrating. And I think that's why a lot of marginalized people, people who are allies and shit, just feel so disheartened constantly. You see all the shit that happens, you're like, fucking nothing. We can't even, we can barely have a reckoning with American imperialism and looking at the after effects in Afghanistan. And people are like, "Eh, well, you know, it could have been done better, I guess. It's like, no, go all the way back saying we have to stop this pattern of sending the military abroad to occupy places and in the name of, you know, liberal democracy or whatever the, the cover is. But yeah, yeah, we still can't. It's just very difficult to have these reckonings here. I feel like there are multiple cases of people driving into Black Lives Matter protests that yeah. and it just kind of went away. Like I remember watching one that was like broad daylight down in it was like somewhere Newport in Orange Beach County or, Orange or County. Yeah, yeah. New, Newport Beach. And somebody drove through like came within inches of hitting like a three year old child who was there. And it just kind of went away. It, it it was like a local news story that they then were like, yeah, well, we got to give this person the benefit of the doubt. And it wasn't like a right. big, it didn't become a, a thing. It's Straight just, ISIS tactics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is then you talk about places like Texas or Florida where they're like, yeah, it's legal to run over someone if they're in the road protesting or it's illegal to be in the road protesting. So if that's the case, then you can defend yourself with your car. But a lot of people noticed when a lot of the uh, protests were happening with Cubans in Florida over what was happening down in, in Cuba, they completely stopped a roadway and the police were like, eh, well, you know, we're mostly we're mostly worried about black people. Yeah. 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 Le- black protests or left leaning protests, really, that that's when the big guns come out. Like there was that pipeline protest that I know some people who were at in I forget what year it was. It was like maybe five, six years ago. And the Dakota Access? Yeah, the pipeline. Dakota Access pipeline. And like the like they were they were like just deading all cell phones, like hacking into people's cell phones yeah. there, like on the ground. It was just like next level like data and you know, technological warfare for people protesting against a like gas pipeline. Gas pipeline, yeah. It's really it's really sad because you you realize you don't realize how few freedoms we have actually in the United States until you try and exercise them. Right. So I've protested in other countries and felt far freer 
than I have in the United States. I w- I've been arrested on a sidewalk protesting in the United States, you know, yeah. just like penned in, done. The order is you off the streets, you know, and like feeling that in that moment. And I was like, you know, I was like, I've, I've been arrested before. I wanted to be arrested the first time for this was against the Iraq war. But the second time I wasn't meaning to. And it like kind of like stung a little more because I was like, man. Right. You just realize that actually when you do stick your neck out, when you do actually do some some real organizing and work, there is it will be swift uh, the amount that, you know, that, yeah, your First Amendment rights do not matter at all. You're going to be arrested and purely on ideological grounds, purely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, it's it, what's sad is that that happened a year. I mean, BLM popped off a year ago. I mean, many years ago, but for 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 in a, in a mass movement way last year, and this year we've got all these politicians now going like nobody wants to defund the police. Cory right. Booker making his sort of epic, like right. ironic stand, and you're like, yeah, but maybe we should. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. but maybe the lesson from not just what the protests were about, but the response to the protests themselves is all the example you need, is all the evidence you need that we really do need to redirect funds away from cops. Yeah. And then because it's all built on this framework of white supremacist, like, you know, capitalism, it's the only people who have freedoms are those that are going to exercise their rights in service of that. So if you run over a protester because you are there to actually cape for white supremacist capitalism, then you're all good. Then right. it's like, well, you know, I had a rough day, you know, oh, you, you know, just you, you stormed the Capitol. Here's a slate. Here's a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And only and, and again, I brought up how there's, you know, their judges were like, why are y'all going so soft on these people? Yeah. Like yeah. they fucking straight up pulled up to the. OK, I don't know what the fuck's going on with y'all. But as a judge, I think this is fucking weak. Yeah. I mean, the selfie, like I was just thinking about the the guy taking the picture with the guy in the in the Capitol on January 6th versus the person taking a video from their porch in during the right, like, protest. go inside. Yes. And they said, go inside and then yeah. shot at them with rubber bullets. Yeah. So, yeah. Which reminded me that was like, it's funny because the last time I saw that was in East Jerusalem, like reminded me of Palestinians too, mm. you know, like yeah, in their own homes being shot at, go back inside being, being shot at with rubber bullets, like from, from the police. I don't know. Well, no, our, and it's our all struggles are it, linked, y'all. No, absolutely. And we even talk about how that in the same way, the same tools are being deployed against the protesters that they refine in Palestine and yep. then bring to the U.S. because they're like, oh, yeah, it's been field tested on Palestinians. Yep. Yeah. So go 100%. ahead, police departments, check these toys that we, we, we know we've cooked up for you. Good news. Uh, the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine, which I didn't know we were waiting for. But apparently that makes it possible for companies and institutions to start mandating the vaccine. The Pentagon has moved to immediately make the vaccine a requirement for all 1.4 million active duty service members, which Dang. I have to I have to imagine that's going to be a big, you know, a big shift. United Airlines uh, will make it a requirement for employees to show proof of vaccination within five weeks. Mm-hmm. I can't I, I think this is the only way that we start making progress. Right. Because I mean, you know, it's it's. It's something. It just feels like uh, it just feels everything feels like a drop in the bucket because like my first thought would have been like, wait, we don't have our servicemen and our airline people vaccinated already. Like that's of course I thought we 
did that. You know, I thought that I thought, was step one. I thought that was step one. It was just like, it, you know, and then you realize like, I mean, we've got so many people to go, but that just feels like a drop in the bucket. What about all the millions of people who are either, you know, not able to get like easy access to the vaccine or the people who are just like, you know, they've been red pilled by you know, idiots online and just uh, refuse to get it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a good first step. Yeah, it feels yeah. like it makes it harder to like for someone to then be able to like you know reject it and keep their job because we saw you know Amy Coney Barrett like ruled with uh, on the side of uh, Indiana University to be like, no, they can mandate a vaccine for like students. Like that's where I don't, and have we've yeah. been doing that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not getting out. involved with that. And yeah, and this, I'm sure, just gives people, especially, you know, employers more cover. And I think on some level, hopefully, right, there's like a psychological effect where people will begin to embrace it. Because like we were saying earlier, the whole like, well, good luck taking an experimental vaccine. And (laughs) it's not even FDA approved. Those are now those talking points are now moot. Because when you look at it, like the vaccine has been approved. They didn't change anything. They're like in the state that they've been giving it to people. We approve it. So it's not like they're hitting us with Pfizer 2.0, the fucking remix that's been FDA approved. But yeah, it it is a curious thing because you'd hope that for people that were saying or were so adamant about like, well, I'm just worried that it's not FDA approved. Like I can understand if you have a fear around it. I can respect that. But if you then pivot to some other shit and you start bringing up George Soros then right. I knew that was just cover this whole time because yeah. really this is a philosophical thing that you're engaged in, not anything to do with like what the actual scientific knowledge is. Yeah. There's this thread from uh, a doctor who just like kind of described how he deals with people who are vaccine hesitant. And it was just, it's kind of, we'll link off to it in the footnotes, but it's, it just w- felt like something to aspire to because my experience with people who are vaccine hesitant, I have not been patient. It's I've so not, hard. It's been very counterproductive, though. Mm. And like, oh, I, is little boy scared to get into picking him up? Poor you. I do using my point. <laughs> <laughs> I do use a dumb guy voice. Yeah. Just yell <laughs> ignorant at them. No, yeah. but he. So this doctor is like, okay, so. First, I say, talk to me. I'm happy to spend as much time with you as you need to discuss COVID and the vaccine, which like right there, step one, that is the opposite of what I want to do is Mm -hmm. like spend a lot of time hearing somebody spit a bunch of like, you know, conspiracy theories that they read on Facebook back at me. Mm -hmm. But then he has like good data. He's saying over 95 percent of doctors got the vaccine as soon as, as it was available to them. If you focus on physicians who actually care for COVID patients, it's nearly 100%. He's like, I'm vaccinated. My whole family is vaccinated. No, we even got my 11-year-old a fake ID to get her vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) No corners were cut in the development of these vaccines. That's something you hear a lot, that corner, they cut corners just to get it out. that's the emergency authorization thing that they always talk about. It was an emergency authorization, and now hopefully, well, no, that's... Yeah. And he's also saying like only the only thing that was cut was red tape. They just like made it so that this was the top priority. Like, don't you guys um, hate red tape? 
Right. Isn't that part of your entire philosophy? These yeah. guys are just like, oh, these government bureaucrats, red tape, America, freedom, do the thing you want to do. And then it's like, oh, okay, they've they've cut all the red tape for this vaccine. And so, well, that's suspicious. Yeah. Why would um, you do that? Well, what's really going on? What's really happening oh, here? Fuck. Yeah. He's just so patient and saying, your question, skepticism are okay and need to be addressed. Hmm. He brings up this idea of that they're like one of the actually scientifically backed risks of the vaccine is myocarditis or heart muscle inflammation after the second dose to the tune of about 50 cases per million. But he points out that with COVID, like if they catch COVID, it's actually 500 to 3000 cases per million. So it's like not even close, which is the bigger risk. So it's like, I don't know, he does a good job, but he like acknowledges the one thing that like, I understand if this is the thing that's making you hesitant, like just take, I understand like at first blush, that makes sense to me that you would be like hesitant about that. However, like if you just look at the data a little bit further and like actually stick with it, you'll see that that's not accurate. Uh, I understand people, you know, like having a hesitancy for like putting some, something in their body that they don't know what's in it and stuff like that. Or like, I, I understand that people have that. So it's like there is some rational there's got to be a way to talk to these people in a way that like doesn't put them down and doesn't like make them feel like dirt and doesn't make it because uh, as soon as you put them down, they feel like it's, you know, it becomes part of the culture war. It's like it becomes an issue of yeah. like, oh, well, you know, that's just you and your, you know, liberal clowns making fun of us regular folks. So it's like you do need to try to be kind with it if you're in a position where you have to be. As someone who's not in a position where I have to convince anyone, I just have no patience at all for just it. Just dunking on people. Yeah. I mean, especially since, like, I, I, I don't understand, like, I listen, I'm a I'm an ex-heroin addict. I put so much stuff. I don't even know what I put in my bloodstream. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it was just like, wh whatever the guy gave me, I was like, that's probably not going to kill me <laughs> immediately. Looks yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it brown? Oh, good. Brown, good color. And then, <laughs> and then just directly into the bloodstream. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't fully understand the hesitancy, but, uh, you know, I understand yeah. that most normal people don't. I think we can still be frustrated by it, but like just re like I, I'm I recognize in my limited experience dealing with people who are vaccine hesitant, I've or like hearing about people who I know who are vaccine hesitant. I've, I definitely feel like I could add a little bit more of this sort of just patience and like understanding. Know. Yeah, understand, That's, because yeah. I mean, like just generally across the board, like we're now back to a thousand like COVID deaths a day. It's like what <sighs> we're all going through here is fucking it's brutal. It's not psychologically healthy, but like it's there's we're going through a shared trauma. And I, I'm just going to try to have like compassion for like recognize that as I'm like getting like clenching my fists and getting ready to like scream sure. at somebody. That's why I feel like it's important to figure out if people are anti-vax or vaccine hesitant. Right. Because right. I think some people will use the language of anti-vaxxers and are actually just scared. And yeah. I'd soon, I have more compassion to arrive at a conversation with someone where we just get to the point where it's like, we're not going to, don't wave facts and figures in front of my face if you're not willing to get this vaccine, because what you're talking about isn't the same thing as what I'm talking about. Right. If you're scared and this 
this movement has just given you a way to articulate your fear around it, that's a completely separate issue. And I have a little bit more to be like, you know what? That's fine. I can work. I can work with scared. Yeah. I, I can't work with angry and thinks they know more than fucking <laughs> a hospital. That's right. yeah. Those are just completely different sort of planets that we're on. And yeah, it's just a. I guess I guess patience will work. But I mean, when you have a third of Republicans who are just still like, I'll never. I don't give a fuck what it is yeah. then you're still looking at some interesting outcomes yeah have you guys been watching any of russell brand's content recently no <laughs> is he it's yeah it's exactly what you, you like without even thinking about it you're like ah shit i know exactly <laughs> where he falls on this and uh someone posted a video of it and he was doing a lot of like kind of hedging he's not saying he's anti-vax or anything but he's just like i've got a little question to myself <laughs> hey governor and he like can't do his voice but you know he's like oh you know it's just how come they say one thing and then Anthony she says another thing and uh i was like ah shit even if he's like just trying to be inquisitive yeah. I, like it, it worries me about media figures sometimes who kind of fall into like the wellness space because yeah. I'm like, I, I, I think it behooves you and it behooves the rest of the world. If you're in that wellness space as like a media figure to try to de-radicalize people rather yeah. than feed into their right. fears, Suspicion. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I it's true. There less... are, there are things that the government, you know, fucked up and there are things that like, you know, vaccine efficacy may not be as perfect against Delta as everyone thought it was going to be. There's a lot of breakthrough cases. But, like, your audience is ready for you to say some, like, you know, crazy QAnon shit about vaccines and Soros. You need to lead them away from that shit. Yeah. That's what that's what I think. So, Russell, if you're listening, come on, man. And Do better. Is. Yeah. That's yeah, he is sick. big. He is that gang. Oh, hell yeah. But he keeps yeah. trying to come on and we're like, nah, bruv. Sorry, yeah, sorry, bro. bro. Leave it, fam. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, talk about kind of a a big breakthrough for uh, the vaccine when it comes to thought leaders on the right. We got Trump and Mo Brooks talking talking that uh, sense. And doesn't doesn't seem like it's going over too well. And we're back. And so there's this tweet from uh, one of our favorite primary news sources, Lad Bible, here on the Daily Zone, guys. Uh, and it it's kind of gone very viral asking if you had to save three shows from being like, you know, memory hold from history, just like taken, wiped from the pages of history. And like we they just never happened. Which of these nine would it be? I'll just read through them. The Sopranos, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, Ozark, Prison Break. I did not see that one coming. Sons of Anarchy and Breaking Bad. So for me, like The Sopranos and The Wire. So this is basically a question of like, okay, so with the remaining seven spots, what's the one show that gets it? Because The Sopranos and The Wire are like the best. Sopranos, Wire. I don't honestly like part of me. I'm, I guess I'm really angry at Game of Thrones. I'm like, I don't care if nobody remembers that shit. Right. Mm. And I feel like I would save. I mean, I would. God, I can't Deadwood be in here. I know Deadwood. I'm instead like, why of is Ozark Prison in Break? there? And like, I mean, Ozark's yeah. fine. But like, really? I get that's... Sons of Anarchy. I get Breaking Bad. Ozark seems like too much of a newcomer. 
And also too similar to Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. So Boardwalk, it, you know, I don't know. For I, me, it's I'm between really Boardwalk over Deadwood. Yeah. Or I mean, I prefer Deadwood over Boardwalk, so. Yeah. Mm. Also, these shows are all, like, kind of in the same. Genre. Yeah. I'm like, these are sort of the same show. Like, it, it, yeah. if you take, honestly, I think you save Sopranos, and you're going to have a list just as long of killer shows that come because the Sopranos existed. Like, without the Sopranos, you would have none of these other shows, in my opinion, because the Sopranos, like, changed TV forever. Like, the Sopranos is the reason TV has, like, a cinematic kind of feel to it now, where you can sit down and you can watch hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Of a show. I think The Sopranos and The Wire, the first four seasons of The Wire, are like, yeah, could, could stand with any like American made movie, any American novel. Like, I think they're as good <laughs> as any okay. of that yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel sentimental for any. Dude, I tried. I couldn't. I couldn't get past the first season of Walking Dead. I only did. I only watched because of Frank Darabont was in the first. Yeah. In the first season. And I was like, I don't. I just. And I used to be really into the zombie apocalypse, like yeah. in yeah. college and stuff. That was, you know, when that was like the shit. And people were like, yo, man, you fuck, <laughs> you like zombie apocalypse stuff? And I was like, yeah. yep, I got the survival <laughs> guide. Oh, yeah. Walking Dead? Let's check it out. And then I slowly was like, man, maybe this isn't for me. Because here's the thing. Walking Dead is just the same day over and over and over again. <laughs> like I'm like, right. I'm like, it's not unlike living in a pandemic you're just doing the same thing every day right and it's exhausting but oh man sopranos i've watched i probably watched that show five or six times rewatched yeah. the entire thing wow i'm like yeah. it's just so good and i see something different about that show every time i watch it I used to have sex dreams about Tony Soprano, okay? It changed the game for me. <laughs> I was like, I did not know that I and was into thick men like this. Or were you Dr. Melfi? Like, what was the context? <laughs> or you just, I mean, Tony Soprano just pulled up in that Cadillac and you're like, oh. The weirdest sex dreams I've ever had in my life. I literally, and it's, it happens to every woman that watches it. Every straight woman that watches The Sopranos has a sex dream about Tony Soprano, whether they want to or not. I He was... <laughs> He was on the subway in his disgusting bathrobe, just waiting at the Union Square subway station. Oh, yeah. And I was just into it. I was He's just had his bathrobe open. Right. And I was like, you're just like, he's Get like a pig. You. And you're like, <laughs> I fucking I hate you. Yeah. And then you're just like, I also would give it to you can get it. I don't right. know. It's really upsetting. <laughs> it's, yeah. It doesn't feel feminist. It doesn't feel progressive. But God damn it, if it's not the truth. Yeah. yeah, I'm more of a a Polly Walnuts sex dream guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's just repeating jokes to you over and yeah. over again, <laughs> and he's clean, you know. Like I'm like, oh wow, you're pretty tidy, yeah. Polly. Yeah, yeah. yeah he is bad. tidy. Yeah, yeah. Except for the Pine Barrens episode. <laughs> so I, for me, it comes down to Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad, and. I think the ending of Breaking Bad, I, I'm definitely in the minority in that I think the ending of Breaking Bad was like as bad as the ending of Game of Thrones. Mm. And if we still get better Call Saul, 
like because that's not on the list of shows that gets wiped out of history, mm-hmm. then I think you you save Game of Thrones because it's like different. It's not similar to these other shows. Like it's yeah. a whole there's yeah, yeah. there's levels to this question that the, yeah the options are just not acknowledging. Yeah, I feel like right. You know, they're basically like if you could pick three of these nine very similar shows it's not a hard decision is what i'm saying right like yeah yeah or but in my mind like to your point rosebud like where what the sopranos did to transform sort of prestige tv it's almost like what do you like oxygen molecules water a pepsi can uh, a carbon (laughs) molecule a blanket or orange and you're like honestly without the oxygen or the carbon none of this is possible anyway so this conversation is moved yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I will say Breaking Bad is a great show, but I got to that episode about the fly and yeah. I was like, I'm done with this show. <laughs> I got so mad at that yeah. episode. I It was like I've never been so infuriated by one episode of a show where I just went, I don't care. I, right, don't, right. I don't know who was on vacation, but this episode <laughs> is trash. It's and funny. I was like, yeah. It's so just like when, infuriating. When a show can do that to you, though, there's something magic about that. Because it's not often I feel like I will rage quit a show. And I'm like, are you yeah. fucking dumb? You just <laughs> yeah. did this to me? You fucking writer assholes. Like that yeah. one season of Dexter where, uh, who was it? Was it like Edward James almost was like, look, spoiler alert for, I don't know, season five of Dexter or four. When Edward James almost was a figment of Homeboy's imagination the whole time. I know. I, mean, I was like, I don't think that counts as a spoiler. I think that counts as a favor you're doing somebody. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. But like that was just right. one of the, I, I had the same thing where I like I fucking turned the TV off. I'm like, you guys are fucking so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I got so mad. Yeah. It reminds me of like I there's a therapist that I follow on Instagram that I've been taking advice from like just for like two years now. I'm just like, God, everything she says is so genius. And then she like came out as like she's in a three-person monogamous relationship the other day and i was like fuck this lady like i was like i can't god damn it my friend and i were like texting about it and it felt i was like this feels like a knife to my heart i've just been (laughs) i've just been taking every word she says as like pure wisdom and truth and now i'm like oh that one thing okay everything's a lie (laughs) (laughs) yeah All right. And finally, uh, let's just tell them NASA has weighed in on the length of the perfect power nap, which is, I don't know, this seemed very short to me. But then again, I am constantly tired. It's Uh, NASA. okay? so if they know anything, I I like they're like, yeah, they know about the things that happens to the human body and how to kind of work around that because space Because, yeah, you know, getting tired in the like our circadian rhythms, like there are points where we're going to get tired like twice per day. Like it just right. happens. Some people can push through it. Other people like, you know, that's why five hour energy exists. But so like, you know, everyone's like, what do you what's it, 20 minutes, an hour? How do you get that little bit of sleep that can actually help you? And according to NASA, they said we found that pilots who slept in the cockpit for 26 minutes showed alertness improvements of up to 54 percent and job performance improvements by 34 percent compared to those that didn't nap. But they say 26 minutes actually could be long. They are thinking that between 10 and 20 minutes is enough to get you into like these first two stages of your sleep cycle that give you like this sort of restorative rest. 
But in my mind, I do. I could never. I don't know how to take a fucking ten minute nap. I just don't like. Right. I don't have the skills to like set a timer. You know, like you know, because right. Have you ever tried to take like a power nap? Like, and you know, you're like, fuck. I only have like thirty minutes. Yeah. But then half the time, I'm like thinking of how I have to wake up in thirty minutes that I'm not actually able to take that nap. So right. I'm, oh, more than anything, I'm asking, how do y'all even take a fucking power nap? That's, yeah. 20 minutes like what are the I've never taken a nap that wasn't an accident I have never in my (laughs) life taken a nap on purpose like I have fallen asleep in places but not on purpose I'm just not like in when I was in high school you know like puberty and like you're you just have to sleep so much because your body's just like a fucking wreck I would come home from school and I would sleep for like an hour and a half minimum but like that was in my mind I was like oh yeah I'm like I gotta sleep like, and I would have to do like, you know, other extra, like I was in jazz band, all kind of orchestras and shit. It's like, fuck, I got to go get some fucking sleep before this other thing. But it would have right. to be at least an hour for me yeah. to like be able to kind of get into it. But, you know, listeners, how do you, how do you prepare for a 10 minute nap? How, Jack, I know you, cause like when we, when we're on the road and there's times like when we're, there's a little bit of a gap between like when we check into a place and then like, then we got to go sound check or something. Right. You're like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take a quick nap. I'm like in 35 minutes. Yeah. I was I was hoping that the answer was going to be four to five hours is the <laughs> ideal time for a nap. No, yeah, sometimes just like closing your eyes. But you're, you're right. Like trying to do it less than 26 minutes is just too much on a knife's edge. Like I feel like that's for people who like have a power down button on their body that they can just hit and like immediately go to sleep or like for the right. people from Inception, like that you just like immediately or I guess drug users, that's what the people in Inception essentially were. Right, yeah. The, yeah, I don't, I, that seems to, like, I do, I know there are people like that who are just like, nap and nap time, go. Yeah. <laughs> and can fall asleep. I'm Boom, not timer. like yeah. that. Bye. Yeah, yeah. 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 But My husband does that every day. He comes home from work, takes a nap, and then yeah. goes out and does spots. I'm like, whoa, that is wow. impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. I, maybe we're just like sleep gluttons, you know, where we're like, I'm sorry, like 10. OK, NASA, like right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 90 minutes, fam. And I don't yeah. care yeah. if also, I wake up in the middle of it and I'm groggy and shit. You know what? I'm not even going to blame us for that. I'm going to blame NASA because I think they're working too hard. Yeah, yeah that's think, true. I'm not saying that yeah. they need to relax. I think they should keep it up. But just like yeah. we're not all operating at NASA levels. That's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we aspire to. Yeah, maybe NASA needs to fucking relax. <laughs> now yeah. we're like, I'm really worried about the NASA pilots, actually, yeah, exactly. if this is what they're doing to them. Jesus. I mean, yeah. we need to talk about pilots' rights for <laughs> yeah. astronauts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He He needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.